Welcome to episode 339 of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast. This show was engineered on Thursday, 14th of September, 2023. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast is brought to you by Turn Bicycles. The good people at Turn are committed to building bikes that are useful enough to ride every day and dependable enough to carry the people you love. In other words, they make the kind of bikes that they want to ride. Turn has e-bikes for every type of rider, whether you're commuting, taking your kids to school, or even carrying another adult. Visit www.turnbicycles.com, that's T-E-R-N, bicycles.com, to learn more. On today's show, I talk with bike industry veteran Ricky Pascoe. We talked about the St. Piran racing team he founded and which had such an amazing tour of Britain last week with a young rider I've known since he was a very young rider, finishing high on general classification, just a few places behind famous world tour professionals. We also talked about mental health, aiming for net zero and getting more people on bikes. I recorded Ricky remotely. He was talking from his bike shop's cafe. Over the years, I've been a bit of a fan moment. I like what you produce, mate. It's mega. I've been involved in the industry for 35 years. <clears throat> I mean, you'll, you'll remember me probably as Ricky Limited mail order, maybe back in the day, you know, that type of thing. So, I, I was, that, Ricky, I was, I was actually going to start there because, <laughs> yes. I, I I absolutely remember that because you were doing mail order long before, you know, and ads in the comic in Cycling Weekly and and what, but long before there was internet ordering. Oh, mate, there was there was five of us that probably carved up the UK market: Jack Parker, Rebel, D Side. Who else was there? Oh, Mel Bentley, you know that type of thing. So why? So that was that was via. That was via Ricky Limited or was that via bike chain? Was that Ricky Limited was always the mail order side and then obviously we morphed. Or, or people couldn't remember I, I bike chain was kind of the local name that I used horrible because just people could use, you know, maybe understand bike chain. Well, bike chain was set up to even not become a, a franchise in the UK. I had an idea around do you remember a company called Townsend Limited? Oh yeah. You, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What was it called? It's concept cycling. There was a director there, Steve Walsh, been around the industry for years. We were going to set up, I can remember it very well, actually. It was in the 80s. So I said, look, uh, if you can get a multi-store site um, in the 80s, call it Bike Chain. He said, look, you do the data for the year in terms of the layout, one thing or another. So I remember it, we were doing several million turnover back then. And you could have bought 12 properties in the UK, for example, Hardest Ease or you know, you could have gone to 12 places, bought the £6 million, you could have had your turnover back within, well, within the year, you could have had your turnover back. And then if you were the importer, you'd have had the 30% the retailer was making and their 30%. Within two years, you'd have had an asset base based on 12 shops and a franchise. So the reason why it's called Bike Chain is we morphed the name from Ricky Limited into Bike Chain. It's always been a little bit innovative, I suppose, Carlton, in a way. And uh, when the internet came along, I... um. Yeah, I didn't really get. I, mean, I had no interest. Not that I didn't have any interest. That we had quite a bit of volume, and 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 you know what, what you got to admire what you know essentially what Wiggle did or Chain Reaction or is they you know they they developed 
the computer programs to to sell products in our industry, which is very clever, really. So you had the bike shop first before the mail order? No, mail order first, believe it or not, is from my parents, my parents' farm. So, you know, I was a racing cyclist, you know, an average elite racing cyclist. Um, I raced here and I went to live in France and, you know, I never really saw the front of a bike race, so I groveled in a lot of gutters and, you know, I became... <laughs> I became, you know, we were we were actually making cycle clothing in in Red Rooster. Anyway, I had twenty five girls doing what they call CMT work, cut making trim. So we had our own clothing, and then I was exporting that to France and then importing, you know, look pedals. And uh, then we became the importer of Basso and Bataclan and Chizini, and you know, so yeah, we you know we did a lot of that, and we moved from a parents' farm down to the retail store, which is. Still there in uh, Red Roof called Bike Chain Ricky. Well, we, we call it more service course now. It's more becoming St. Aaron's service course as an identity. Mm. Um, yeah, and that's the history of it, really. It's just, yeah. And then you you also took a second unit in Bissau. Yeah, so sort of so four or five kilometres away. We've got, um, again, you know, I've either been inspirational or mad. I bought a, a place on a, on, a, on a mineral tramway between the coast to coast. And I paid a lot of money for it. Mm. I bought it with my heart rather than my head. That's sort of 12-acre site. And, um, yeah, it, it, it was sort of cafe and hire. And, and just recently, over the last two or three years, we've really expanded the site. You know, we've put a proper kitchen on with, with commercial kitchen with um, Ondine. He's an ex-master chef finalist. And, and, uh, and Jay, another, and, another chef. We've got great food offering and hospitality. And it's the headquarters... So we now call it St. Piran Cafe. So again, you know, it's it's another venue to to visit and you know, it, it, it exemplifies the values that, you know, you now see with the you know, with, with the team. So the team was founded two thousand sixteen, is that right? That's right, two thousand sixteen. So um my passion has always been cycling, you know, a bit like yourself and you know, how you know, how do you get people, you know, familiar with cycling or out on bikes and, and, and so on and so forth. And you know, I've seen so many mistakes over 30 years in terms of how not to run things or not how to do things. So, you know, the, 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 the thing was really the embodiment of, you know, if I had enough money or I was mad enough, how could we do something that's really, really good, but not a broken model? You know, how do we make things sustainable? So no advertising. Um, you know, we're just giving young people opportunity. In fact, for two years, I didn't even have a press release. We just gave them great bikes, um, great kit, and got them traveling away and, and, and doing the racing and, you know, learning the craft. So that was the passion around it. Um, but it, it's morphed in something, you know, a lot more since, you know, a lot more since. So it was all about giving opportunity to young people in Athens at the beginning and trying to get people on board with that message it's you know it's kind of tough or was tough mm. uh, um you know and it's taken seven years to to get to a point where now i would say to people we're an eyes on corporation we've been seen by 180 million people in two years and and now there's been a, a sea of change for me in, in as much what i'd like to do is is use it you know for good and I'm I'm poacher turned gamekeeper. Look, I'm 58 and I've got a three year old. And I guess before before Lowen was born, I, I I probably didn't really think about the planet or our future. And I, 
and the minute he was born, I'm like, oh my god, what are we doing? You know, we, you know, this, this is worrying. I want a future for my son. You know, I want to make this mm. this entity an example of best practice. You know, with some parents, let let's let's amplify the voice. Let's let's use it for something really good. You know, stick to our true family values. And so, you know, Superion really now is about, you know, that opportunity is about telling people about the great that we do, making people aware of, you know, our sustainability campaigns, making people aware of, you know, how we've onboarded um, a mental health partner in Adelia. They get 24-7. All my staff riders get access to 24-hour care. Um, having had a breakdown personally 16 years ago when, you know, Everybody thought I had a successful life, but, you know, I didn't feel that I was a success. I, I, I felt that I failed at things through, throughout my life. They, you know, people say, oh, you've got a successful business, but, you know, I didn't feel I'd done particularly well at that, or I didn't feel I'd done particularly well at relationships, or I didn't feel well, I'd done very well at sport. So whilst I felt my life was characterized by failure, um, you know, it all came to head with a, you know, with a, uh, you know, uh, a breakdown, and I got some really great family care and psychiatric care, and went through a, a nine-month period of, of really great care and care on the other side. And it was, you know, it was with with that and the desire to do something, you know, maybe within cycling. You know, again, a bit like yourself, you, you know, you said, look, the industry is great, but we we've got to sort of tell, you know, what is the point of cycling? You know, what is good about cycling? How can we all? enjoy or benefit from it so we're not trying to put our viewpoint across in a in a, in a political way we're just saying that a bike people in many ways unlock themselves you know whether it's health or leisure or pleasure you know of course there's the inspiration around the sport you know and, and if we've got an ability to talk about excellence and our care program and, and whatever through professional sport you know let's do it but you know we are we, we are from a grassroots now to, you know, in many cases, the world class, you know, elite program trying to showcase what can be done in and around a bicycle. Um, so that's kind of the background to... So you, you contacted me before the Tour of Britain. I did. And you asked if I'm following the Tour of Britain. And, and this year I wasn't because it didn't actually come close enough to, to Newcastle. Normally when it's north, north, I will go and follow it. But this, this year it wasn't. Uh, but then you've had a, obviously a stellar Tour of Britain. Um, yeah. with with Zeb, who's who's from Newcastle and is a, 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 a my best my son's best friend, in fact, uh, Zeb. No. That's that's how no. I know Zeb. Wow. And Ze- I'm I was probably uh, Zeb's first one of his first coaches because my son, when he was very very young and Zeb was very very young, they would come to the Go Ride, the British Cycling Go Ride Club oh, that I, I helped found in Newcastle. So that's how I know Zeb. That's when I said, "Oh, say hi to Zeb." That's that's how I know Zeb. But Zeb obviously had a fantastic uh, tour of Britain. You then, therefore, also had a a fantastic tour of Britain. Just just tell us tell us from your point of view what the tour of Britain was like for you because it was it was almost. I mean, you had I know you had a good uh, tour of Britain last year as well, but I think this has probably uh, surpassed that. So, so just tell us how you found this year's Tour of Britain. Do you know, it's, it's, it's a great question, but if I, if I may, I'll take even one step further back. Like, you know, I always talk about now, you know, what does success look like? What, you know, what is success for you? What is success? And, and look, 
anybody, we'll, we'll come on to the magnificent achievements of the, the, the team and the riders and, and, and everything in a minute. But success for me now is have we created a happy environment? Is there a smile on people's faces? If and when anybody either leaves our organisation, whether they continue in the sport or even if they say, look, I found my level, because we all find our levels, right, Carl? We all find our level. You know, when we find our level, you know, is the person happy? Can we retain them in the sport? You know, can we, you know, if, if we're on an upward trajectory, can we say, look, you know, okay, the level's gone up, but would you like to be still part of St. Piran? And we've got development teams called 0503, or, you know, we've even got a free to join cycling club called Deliverer. So, like, you need to give up the sport as a, as a potential living, or as a pro rider, we want to retain you through Deliverer. It's free to join, you know, Drop on the website, the, the service course, some parent service course website, and join for free. So, for me, success is about happiness. It's about the process that we do, and do it in the right way, and never forget where you come from. It becomes increasingly harder because with the the perceived measure of success, and we are inundated now with with people going, "Well, how did you do it? How can you do this? What you've done on?" You know, 250, 300,000 budget when, you know, Ineos are on 50 million. You know, how can you mm-hmm. place riders, you know, in the top six in a grant? I mean, I had to look back in the in the records, Carl, to find out, you know, has it been done before? Um, I think Owen Jewell did it in 2011. He got a third. Um, I think uh, a couple of other riders have, have, have been there. But in recent times, no, it hasn't been done. It's It's mm-hmm. almost impossible to do. Um, so then you've got to say, well, how have you done it? And, and if you interview Zab or look at any of his interviews, the interviews that he gives, you know, they, they would make you cry, Tom, because he actually doesn't talk about himself per se. He says, you know, I, I, I'm in a family. I've been given the freedom to do, you know, I, I'm, I'm listened to, I'm valued. And I just seem to be getting so much more out of myself. And, you know, you rely on everybody making that effort to, to put their little individual component into it. So you make the one there, you know, without that go-ride session. So you've got to remember that. Always go back to it without that go-ride session. So you have a component within that success. And so what I always talk about is let's hear the stories from everybody. So St. Perrin is not, okay, it's a region in Cornwall. Okay, it's a patient thing of tin mining, you know. But let's say... I, I'm using the expression at the moment, together we are stronger. And and I firmly believe that, you know, whether it be teams, race organisers, governing body, the media, we all have a role to play in cycling these days. You know, and if we can amplify that and then take it into community or environment or, or, or education or, or, or you know, transport or whatever, then, then we're all winning. We are definitely all winning. So it's very good of you to say, what does that success feel like? But I had to add all the caveats that we've just talked about because mm. the success is really, look, we don't own the sport. You know, we're just custodians of it. And if you can remember you're a custodian of something, Carl, it does change the viewpoint. And and I mm. know with your, you know, your writings and your record, it doesn't change. It's something that I like, you know, and, uh, you know, whilst I've had to cross intermittently over the years, it, it, the reach out now, uh, 
and and from a lot of genuine people is is heartfelt and so the success the success you use the word it is stellar but what we have to do now is go okay here we are now how do you start again so stellar means you know ultimately i think the french have a really strange expression among men if they have something like you know would you prefer to be you know a northern star that burns bright forevermore or would you prefer to be a shooting star which everybody sees for a short period of time. We want to be the former rather than the latter. So success looks like giving everybody their moment in, in I call it their event horizon. So, you know, and, and that's certainly Zeb's event horizon. And and the, the monumental change for me is the young man now believes in himself. And we we as a, as a family have given him that belief. So what we've done first and foremost is say, Let's give you the right race program. Let's give you the ingredients. Let's let's put a relaxed situation there. Let's in out coach, you know, let's in out coach or look at your coach and bring on best practice. You know, let's do the best with the resource that we've got. You know, let's not over promise and under deliver. So, you know, if we say we can do something, we do it. And I think people like the fact that you've got honesty and integrity in what you can do. So if we go to a race overseas, you know, and, and we've got to come back from Belgium at you know, 10 o'clock in the evening. You know, if the rider says, can you fly us back like other other you know, teams? No, no, you've got to jump in the car and I'm sorry, it's a six-hour trip back. You know, that that's the level that, you know, we never promise something we can't deliver. Because that, that is today, isn't it? You've, you've, your team is basically racing in Belgium as we speak. Oh, oh we're riding. You're lucky to drag me away, actually. Oh, yeah, we're <laughs> Whereas we're the GP Le Duelone or the Willoni mm. is, you know, again, you know, we're getting invites to these races because I think people are saying, well, how are you doing this? You know, how are you doing it? You know, we tour in Norway, you know, wonderful country. You know, we turn up, we got a silver Swanee van, we got a white car, a black car, and a, you know, the white van. So we, 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 we look like the four cousins. Our performances are far from it, you know, so. I mean, let, let, let's go back to your, your business hat. As, as, yeah, not just your, your your team ownership and creation hat. Yeah. Does does it benefit your business uh, having a team? It, does no, it actually never. wash its face? Does it does it does it benefit you commercially? The the, the team does, but of course it doesn't benefit mm. your business. If you're spending sixty hours a week on a on something else, you know it's mm. very hard to you know generate. Look, look it depends where the company life is. Um, if I spent the same energy in my business. I would be wealthy. But by doing a team that's got something different, my life is very rich. My life is rich because you can only eat steak once a night. Why eat two steaks, three steaks, four steaks? So by actually giving opportunity, by actually doing something that, you know, you know if you're doing something the right way. And, and like legacy is a really important thing as well. So, and it's not legacy because, oh, yeah, I've got lots of money. I want to feel better about leaving something because, of you know. So initially, the business is not going to survive. But what we've done, we, 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 we're doing something really unusual in and around St. Perrin as well. So we've got an online presence, you know, as I say, the service course. So anybody that's involved with the team, you know, they, they get a commercial return on investment for our website if they're selling products or services. So that's, you know, so we're looking after our own ecosystem. But then we're also trying to help other teams or organisations as well through through what we do, um, you know. So 
you know, for example, with a very healthy relationship, say, for example, with BioRacer, we're, we're doing clothing for other organizations. So we're feeding back the ecosystem or the economics of the people who are involved with us. Um, traditionally, you know, a protein was either funded because either somebody wanted to put some money and sold some advertising space, or at a lesser level, it was, oh, especially if, if, if shops were involved, it was, oh, if you buy more product, we'll give you some free, therefore, you know, you can run the team with that. But that's just sales discount, right? So, so that, that's not particularly very healthy um, if it's done that way. But what we try and do is say, we'll have a commercial relationship. We'll try and, you know, get the ingredients together. We'll try and bake a cake. And if we can all eat the cake and share from it, then it, it's growing in business terms. So every, every partner we got, we are growing their business in the UK. And because we're now successful on the road and we've got eyes on, it, it's, it's great. We've got the content and we can, you know, and we'll, we'll work with products that we think work for us. So, you know, we're not taking secondary or tertiary bike manufacturers uh, and, and riding them. Um, you know, a team at our level could get a fantastic deal with a, you know, with a really great, perhaps value for money brand that isn't really highly rated in terms of performance, but we won't do that. We will, you know, we'll work with the people that try and give us the best tools. Therefore, we're very happy in, in recommending those tools. Um, but it's not conditioned on us purchasing or selling or whatever. So the, the, I know it was a mixed answer. So initially, the business has not benefited. But of course, now, St. Perrin has become such a big thing. You know, we changed the name of the cafe to St. Perrin Cafe, you know, my store called Bike Chain Ricky, but it's it's more in, it's moving more and more towards St. Perrin's service course because, you know, one has got a regional um, footprint and yet St. Perrin has now got a national or international footprint. So the, the shift has gone from not paying as a business model to becoming very successful as a business model. Um, so hopefully I've answered your question. You know, mm. well, I, 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 when you first started, you almost think, well, that's detrimental to your business because you're taking so much time away from you know, Correct. what yeah, you've yeah. You know, brought up since the 1980s. And you're, you're putting, you know, so much time and effort into this part. But I guess you could also say it, it grows cycling in general in your part of the world. And that even though you might not be able to get an exact, you know, uh, grip on whether that's physically the money in the till is coming from your team. But just if you've got more people cycling in general, that has got to raise, you know, all ships, hasn't it? Well, you know, that's a really great point. And sometimes, you know, you, you, you have a really great relationship with the UK bike industry. It's really strange, isn't it, where, you know, you maybe you've got an independent dealer and there's, say, there's five in, in the county. And if one dealer builds up a really strong cycling club, there's a little bit of like, oh, that's their cycling club. But actually, if more people cycle and their friends and family cycle, mm. you know, ultimately you know cycling games you know it, it's not a, a brand of fun fight as such you know you're right i think the more people that, that cycle that enjoy it you know i mean what we need next is a we, we need a political shift in this country and that will only come about when you've got a fat of sorry a million people you know subscribing to one cycling entity whether we can get british cycling cycling uk and such brands you know the just say we're cycling. That's it. Okay, different different branches or sectors within it. But once you've got a million names, you, you've got political and economic power. 
Uh, you know, so organisations become the National Trust doesn't struggle getting some of its um, campaigns or memberships or grant applications through because it's got nearly two million members. It's funny that, <laughs> you know. So, you know, if, if we can do anything again, you know, we're all in this together. It's it, it's about. I mean, I'd like to see a cohort of twenty or fifty journalists together, you know, and and saying what is our tone of voice, what is our message. You know, we don't see that, you know, whereas that, you know, it's something that we're trying to maybe instigate in a little way and say, look, hey, guys, you know, I've got an expression that if we're not careful, sometimes you can store your own brand. If you're moaning at your own industry, what we should be doing is saying, hang on a minute, we're diverse, there's some challenges, but you know, what a great, what a great thing we've got. You know, it's a tool to start talking to people about, you know, it, you know, exercise and, and, and climate change. And I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm an advocate for saying everybody's got a cycle. You know, no, it's there if you want it. You know, the barriers to entry should be free, whether it's in sport, hence us setting up our own cycling club for free, deliverer, or, you know, we can cure our transport problems in this country very simply with a tin of red paint. Cycling's famously, obviously, sustainable. Cycle racing famously isn't you know you think of the tour de france and you think the tour de france caravan you know and how many you know motor vehicles are actually going along the road uh following the or in front of and uh, and following you know the, the the men and the the women on their on their bikes um racing so what you're trying to do with because you're, you're if you go on to the saint Piran um website you know you, you've got a very in-depth sustainability section you know it's not just one section there's like i think there's six you know, interlinked sections. So you're you're really going strong on the sustainability angle, and you said it was because of your son, Lowen, uh, yeah. who's now three. Um, so so, uh, tell us about that sustainability angle, and you've you said why. You said Lowen was the the impetus for that, but what exactly are you doing? Because you you launched it uh, last year, yeah. The like the, the the kind of the, the the attempt to go net zero, yeah. Yeah. So, listen. This is, I, I'm very sort of strong on all of this. There's, there's several components to this. And whilst I, have, whilst I have limited knowledge, I'm trying to pull together more knowledge to give an example of best practice. I think we should be talking about net zero. Um, how we achieve it is we've got to do the first step. And we've done lots of first steps. I think we should also be talking about the circular economy. I think that should be brought into it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we should also be saying, yes, whilst the Tour de France, for example, with its vehicles is, oh, yeah, you drive all these vehicles, how can it be not sustainable as a sport? What you can do is say, look, we can use an event to showcase what we're talking about. And by the way, we'll take the step on vehicles. Let's move from, you know, from, from diesel to hybrid to, to whatever. And that needs a step change in terms of infrastructure, as you well know. So it's all about, you know, infrastructure. I think vehicles sometimes can be, used as a as a clickbait point because you know the certain economy would say well actually shall we repair a 20 year old land rover you know defender for example mm. because it's already been made you know there's no more cost to the to, to the ecosystem and, and and let's keep it on the road is a very strong argument uh, producing you know a brand new you know, electric um lithium battery car mm. so i think we you do a little bit of digging yourself or all of us can learn a little bit about kind of the 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 inputs required 
or the cost to us as a, as a society uh, that, that sustainability kind of offers? I think those are sort of questions that raises a few challenges. And, and our main point at the moment for us in all of this, excuse me, cafe life's getting busy, you know, um, the, the main point in this is that we must ask the questions, Carl, whether we like the answers or not. So the first process was for us the small steps in terms of, look, we will look at every aspect of our organization. So with the um, Exeter University is what a carbon footprint looks like, recycling, you know, and it was quite horrifying really about where our responsibilities lie. Um, but, you know, we wanted to put our, ourselves in the firing line, say, you know, what are we doing? What are the mistakes we're making? What solutions we So the first thing was research. So our first phase is research. And of course, we're doing positive changes from a cafe using reusable cups and, you know, we're collecting all the rubbish and we're recycling and, you know, we're trying to do lots of things, educational programs with our riders and our staff around usage of the team and everything from collecting rubbish at races and bringing it home and so on and so forth. So the first thing is we're looking at, we're looking hard at what we do and bringing in some initiatives to the point, and again, we paid for and took round a sustainability officer around the tour of Britain. So she followed us on the team. We paid £2,000 for that budget. I can ill afford for her to look at every practice that we're doing whilst on tour. Now, really, you, you no, haven't got that report yet. That that, but, that comes, you know, that comes, in a while, yeah? But we don't want it really, do we, Carl? So we, we don't want it. You're the first journalist to dig into this, and we don't want the report because obviously it's going to say, hey, you're using too many towels or, you know, what this. And But that's the key. We need to know where we're going wrong. So we're the first team that's going to highlight some very difficult to answer questions. But unless we ask the question, how are we going to get the solution? daft question i know but do you think you're ever going to get teams on steel bikes just because carbon you know carbon composites are an incredibly um non-sustainable form of of manufacturing a bicycle so how, how can you car how can you can you recycle carbon what, what what are you doing in that kind of area yeah so we're looking at like two big areas well, three big areas we're looking at so we're doing a lot of the obvious stuff so we're bringing the tires back you know, we we'll turn them into mm. belts or, or, or whatever. So we've got a little, we've got a, we've got an industry around, you know, cassettes that are being turned into clock faces, and you know, so we're actually, you know, and yeah, you're not going to get rich on it. But we're already reusing everything around that sort of space, and we are starting to look at carbon. So what we're doing as a team, every item of clothing that we get this year that gets given out comes back at the year end, and it's going to really, can we wash it? Can it go further into our ecosystem? Young riders will develop them. Carbon, we've got a whole project around carbon. We want all our carbon back. And yes, you can recycle carbon. Okay. So mm. we want it all back. We want to know what our best practice is around it. So again, it's another question that we're asking ourselves. And the reports we're doing are very, very sort of scientific. So again, you know, the, the, the university across the Southwest and primarily Exeter University are leading on this front. And that's why we've invited them around on the tour of Britain. You know, and it was it was painful because, you know, we were collecting rubbish that we would normally put in a bin so that she could analyze, you know, what we what are we throwing away? You know, you can imagine a mechanic on mm. a sort of fourteen hour day and we're saying, No, you've got to collect your rubbish. Oh, we're tight on space in the van, yeah, we want it bagged up. But yes, she's gonna go through your rubbish. And we're like, you know, it's 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 mind blowing what we've done in order to 
challenge ourselves to talk about these issues. All right. And and one thing really Tour of Britain have already got a haven't Tour of Britain already got like a, a gel packet recycling program? They kind of collect every gel wrapper and stuff. Yeah, that that's absolutely bang on and we like it. I mean, to the point that we've gone into business, some parent have set up a business with a with a bottle manufacturer. So we've got a three-way partnership now, um, whereby it's a bottle, it's available on our website, it's not a plug for an advert, whereby gels go inside the bottle. So currently branded Squeezy. Mm-hmm. So you put your gel inside the bottle and then liquid around it. Now, at the moment, it's very much leisure use because the UCI have um, certain criteria around bottle design. So we have to mm. get injection-molded bottles made in a particular design way. We take up gels inside bottles. So that means you don't undo a wrapper while racing. There's no risk of you then swallowing that little bit of <laughs> the top of the gel pack down your throat. You know what it's like. You, you bite it with your mm. teeth, you know, and I have known, mm. you know, a rider <clears throat> back in the throat. I shouldn't say that, but, you know, it's, it's been done. Um, obviously, in a race situation, you, you know, you know the rule is not to throw it away, but, you know, if there's a jam session on and you drop it, you know, so, you know, you, some problems being created, we think we've got a solution with our squeezy bottle, um, you know, again, to drive change. We want to take this back to, you know, the UCI, to adopt them as a trade uh, market, a patent around bottle usage. So we suddenly cure one of the problems in the peloton. You know, so we're trying to build some, some commercial reality around this space as well as just trying to provide some solutions that are politically correct. We want to come up with solutions that mm. are an economic driver to them that provide further employment you know, and conversations around economics and sustainability. We'll leave Ricky there for a second and go across to my colleague David in America. This podcast is brought to you by Turn Bicycles. The good people at Turn understand that while a large cargo bike can carry oodles of stuff, many of us prefer something, well, a little more manageable. That's why they've come up with the HSDE cargo bike for folks with big aspirations to go car-free delivered in a compact size. With its rear shock to 80 kilos and a combined hauling capacity of 180 kilos, The robust new HSD is stable and easy to maneuver, even when under load. And with its Bosch e-bike system tested and certified to meet the highest UL standards for electric and fire safety, you'll be able to share many worry-free adventures with a loved one, whether it's your kiddo or nan. Visit www.turnbicycles.com to learn more. Thanks, David. And let's get back to me asking Ricky a question about net zero. So when when do you think you might be able to get to net zero as a team? You know, uh, will we ever get to net zero? I it frightens me, the questions we bring up. But I think we need to be doing a lot of offsetting as well. Then if, if, say, look, if we're never going to get there with the car, so, if, you know, if it moves, you know, okay, if you, if we've still got an electric car. You know, and the, the cost to reduce that is X, Y, or Z. And over the life of the car, we're never going to reduce that. We need to be doing a lot more as an organization then to start thinking, okay, we need to offset that. You know, do we send our riders in schools and coach kids, you know, and in that coaching process, they're then out riding the bike and they've, they've got, they've got, they're doing more exercise, they're not a burden on the end of the jet. So then that's not, you don't have to manufacture more, 
in machines or drugs or whatever to keep that population down. I think we've got to look at the wider issues here, haven't we? we as well as the, the, the individual issues, let's look at the wider impact that the bike can actually do. If you start saying, here's an offset, I mean, you, you will know this better than I do. I think if, if, if somebody takes a car and, for example, which is a cycle event, um, you know, there's X amount of you know, uh, expenditure both financially and, um, and and physically done. But if you ride to somewhere, um, you know, exponentially there's a benefit to the economy. There's a provided within reach or an easy transport system. It's not too far away. So I think, you know, switching between various forms of transport is important. But, you know, I've been speaking to an expert from the university, and I will put this over the podcast or the wherever it gets reported. If we can just cut our speed from, say, 75 mile an hour to 60 mile an hour, we would reach our, our carbon targets set by government. So I think if we suddenly go, well, hang on a minute, in one foul swoop, one measure suddenly achieves the suddenly achieves what we're looking for, then I think that should be our focus along with the drive to net zero. I don't know what you feel about that, but I think it's a combination approach. I mean, I'd like to think by a certain time scale, we'll have got much of our major items questioned, tackled, or actioned. What are your uh, goals for the team away from net zero? What your professional um, goals for the, the St. Perrin team, say the next five years? So we're back to the drawing board again after the success. This week is a stellar success. Look, Zeb's sixth place on GC, um, you know, absolutely amazing. You know, um, that all means if you work on a process and, and rider development, we can achieve that. So back to the drawing board, what's the next five years look like? If I had a pound for everybody who said they want to be in this order of France in five years, we could probably put one in there at this point. Um, so my personal thought process, we, we try and stay on a Conti license, um, but we ride pro Conti or what they call um, pro series mm. races. So like the Tour of Britain, Tour of Norway, where we are racing against World Tour teams. So we have three or four races like that, and they're called Point One Pros. So again, we're racing against World Tour teams in, in the one-day event, a bit like the GP that we'll only today. Then we can expose our riders to the highest level racing without them racing 70 times a year. Because I think if you do that, you're being disingenuous to your riders. You're caught up in the world of pro cycling, which puts riders on a treadmill because they have to go to races. The organizers are paying a bit of a start money and it's part of a series. You know, I want to be able to pick and choose, if we can, that mm. keeps our riders at the center of our vision. It'll be hard to do, Carl. Very hard to do. You know, if we're rider centric, but that that that's a key component for me. The second first key component. The second one is about how we keep amplifying our message around our family values. We already do it. Never forget where you come from. Make sure that the measure of success, mm. you know, is tempered with really great physical and mental well being. And how can we use what we've got? As a, as a window or a palette to talk about. If we're not sustainable as a team or a planet, you know, they both go hand in hand. There won't be any bike racing. So, you know, and we love it when we, we love it when bike racing is going well, don't we? Because when it's going well and we can see all the effort people are making and, you know, it's just so pleasing, isn't it? You know, you know, romantically imagine, you know, we were representing sort of team GB in the, in the top fronts in, in five years. Is Lowen riding a bike yet? <laughs> Good question. Lowen's Cornish for joy. So, 
He's very tall. Most people think he's five. Obviously, he gets his height from me. No, he doesn't. Um, um, he's riding a balance bike. You know, I'm, I'm very conscious not to be a, a pushy parent. You know, I've, I've seen so much in cycling over that. You know, if I've run clubs and academies and pro teams, I've just seen it. And it's not a healthy. Yeah, it's not a healthy thing, really, to, to be pushy. But, but. You know, a balanced bike is just a natural thing for a kid to get on and just, I mean, I've, I've, I, I have coached kids on balanced bikes at, at primary schools and stuff. It's just, they love it. It's not, you're not being a pushy parent. It's just like kids naturally want to use it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I suppose I agree with you. I suppose the thing is, oh, do this next, do that next. And all of a sudden, look, I love it. What's the first independent thing that myself or you or a child does? You know, might swim, but get on a bike. You know, that smile is so bankable, isn't it? That smile that mm. just comes to that independence. You know, in fact, we're we're partnering up with um, Bikeability in the next, uh, next few months, and we want to show the great work that they do. We want to show hey, what's great about cycling and trying to take, take the whole storyline from, you know, being two, three years of age through, you know, through their sort of bike training school, and they, you know, and Bikeability do a lot of adult training as well on, on, on cycling. So, we want to try and bring together, you know, that elite sport element, you know, take it all the way back through, you know, through through uh, performance cycling, through, through leisure cycling, back back through to, you know, the, 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 the ability to ride a bike, you know, and, and you know, we want to bring that, that, that story to, to everybody else. We're going to lend our, our voice to, you know, they've got um, sort of bike week coming up in school, cycle school week coming up. Uh, at the end of September, and we're going to be showcasing that. We want to start showcasing some really good things that are not necessarily centered around ourselves, but we believe be you know a really good thing. So you're really covering the whole gamut of cycling, there, aren't you? You know, so you're not, you know, you're, I'm talking to you here, you know, about came start talking about a, a team, you know, a, a, a pyramid, a, you know, a team with a, a pyramid structure where you, you know, development team, a women's team, a men's, you know, UC Continental team. But you're also talking about kids in schools, so you're you're doing the whole thing to in, to basically create new new people on bikes. Yeah, so if you, I mean, we set up a CIC, a community interest company, um, and if you pop on our website, I mean it, it, it's 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 under a community engagement. So you know we we got a we got a grant from the heritage minister. We bought a, a rundown property in a in a town centre, an old bank building, you know, and we put some imagination around you know be combination at the top and maybe cafe and IT underneath and then access to some bikes if you want it you know some electric bikes or whatever so you know with a whole with a whole Rubik's Cube you know any subject you would like to talk to me about and you, and you know an awful lot about this industry you know we can talk to you about we're looking at social prescribing which we already do we're looking at doing that through the CSD you know we're looking at working with you know government agencies to, to amplify and, and inspire and we're then you know and yet we're we're great believers in in in, in campaigning, not campaigning, I think of showcasing what's really great in and around cycling. Thanks to Ricky Pascoe there, and thanks to you for listening to episode 339 of this Spokesman podcast brought to you in association with Turn Bicycles. Show notes and more can be found at the spokesman.com. The next episode will be out next month. But meanwhile, get out there and ride.